This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome everyone to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by Richard Blackaby. Well, thanks on his for having me, podcast. Sam. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you with us. I'm glad you could make it to your podcast <laughs> this week. I'm glad I, I could. didn't. I, well, I almost didn't either. And uh, yeah, so. you're 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 one phone call away from rushing your wife to the hospital and having a another baby daughter. I know. I know. I can't. I cannot believe it. It's just, uh, you know, she's been pregnant uh, for so long now, and it's like, okay, yeah, you know, let's deal with all that. And but now, now it's it like, upon you. oh yeah, there's there's a baby at the end of this. Like that's <laughs> that, that's getting there real are now. Sleepless so, nights at the end of this. You know, we've got things, uh, you know, collected and uh, you know, baby cribs arranged and all that kind of stuff. And so it's better it's, you uh, than me. But yeah. <laughs> some tells me we'll have that child around here, but um, yeah, exactly. Well, and you mm-hmm. and you just. Um, just barely flew in from from Canada. Yeah. Or, uh, or uh, you know, you just spent about a few extra days there, I yeah. think, than, than you had planned. And uh, uh, I think that'll kind of be the... Uh, that will really be the topic of this, this podcast, <laughs> yeah, actually. Right. Some of the I'm lessons still trying to you... recover from <laughs> my most recent trip. Yeah, just continue to wipe the, the strain and stress mm. out of your eyes. And uh, Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I, I think... I, we always encourage people, whatever it is you're experiencing, take time to process it. And yeah. I'm still in the process of processing the last two weeks of my life. Yeah. Um, but I think there's some uh, some nuggets there for me to uh, to be uh, growing from. <clears throat> and uh, we uh, we had originally planned my wife and I to go up uh, to Canada on December 30th. And my daughter-in-law is expecting her fourth child, our seventh grandchild, second second granddaughter. And so we had these, this great plan. Uh, We'd have Christmas here with you guys and and our other son. And, and we would uh, have a few days to, you know, take care of stuff, maybe put away the Christmas stuff, decorations and all that. And then up some sermons and on the thirtieth, trying we even strategically went not New Year's Eve because we thought, well, maybe the best time to get away from Christmas a few days, maybe airfares be a little cheaper. Everything was all planned out, mm-hmm. and then on the twentieth of December, um, we get this frantic message saying that our our three our, we had a grandson in Canada who had turned three that very day, named Finley, and. He had had to be rushed to the hospital. He was not breathing very well. He had a raging fever. And while he's being checked into the hospital in emergency, he has a 30-minute seizure. And now they're having to race him into ICU. And they've got him on, uh, they eventually put him on a ventilator. They've got him two tubes going up his nose, one going through his throat. They've got an IV. They've got all kinds of monitors on him. And uh, they don't, they can't figure out what's causing all of that. They're, they're pouring in antibiotics that don't seem to be doing anything. They can't get his fever down. And ultimately, after about two days, they have to airlift him on a helicopter off of Vancouver Island over to uh, Vancouver, the mainland, to put him in the best children's hospital in the province, one of the best in Canada. And there, and so his mother goes with him to Vancouver. And she's expecting this child any day. Yeah. And so here's this pregnant woman now in a, in a vigil in an intensive care room with her son, a, a whole uh, ferry ride or 
helicopter ride away from where her husband and her other two sons live. And so our best laid plans are suddenly thrown upside down. Yeah. <clears throat> and we realize we can't wait that long. Uh, Mike may need to hurry over there to Vancouver if his wife goes into labor uh, or things just turn south. And he's going to need someone to help him with the, the two boys that are left <clears throat> there at the house. And so we change our plans. And we had never done this before, but we decided to fly out on Christmas Day. And we'd heard that that's actually not a bad day to fly. It's There's less traffic, typically. It actually was cheaper for us to do that, to fly out that day. But uh, So we had Christmas the day before with you and all mm-hmm. the relatives here. And uh, Christmas Eve, we had a nice dinner. We opened presents. And then uh, uh, Christmas morning, we take off. And uh, at first, things are going well. Flight actually leaves uh, early. And uh, we make our connection, and that flight uh, gets us into Calgary, uh, Canada, and Alberta. And all's going well. And then I look at my text, and it's a text from my son, Daniel, who lives in Atlanta. And he says, I feel terrible, but I've just uh, tested positive for COVID. And Daniel had sat right next to me during our Christmas dinner the day before. Mm. We've uh, been all around him and his family and uh, went to the evening service at the church, uh, sitting beside him and his family. And so we realize that we uh, we can't just go and see my other son, Mike, because if we've been exposed to COVID, we, we can't yeah. give COVID to him. We're not really that concerned about ourselves, but if we give COVID to Mike, then he can't go into his son who has in, t- in intensive care. He can't right. go to his wife and help her deliver his baby. Yeah. So he that would just, be a disaster. He just can't take the risk of getting COVID from us. And so instead of having a joyful reunion at the end of Christmas Day and having a nice dinner with our two grandsons and, and son, we have to go to a um, to a, a, ho- a motel, and uh, our plans have been changed. And so, to drown our sorrows there in the Calgary airport, we saw Tim Hortons, and I said, "Well, Lisa, let's get a donut and some coffee at Tim Hortons." And that's when I realized I've lost my credit card. And so, in oh, no. in checking in that morning, uh, Delta Airlines, I love them in so many ways, but they have this really dumb rule now that when you're checking in to the priority check-in you have to use a kiosk first to get your uh your baggage tags and you got to do all that on your own put your own baggage tags on your suitcase and so on and then it because we're flying international the kiosk asked for our passports but it couldn't read our passports and so it's asking for something and then it won't process it just freezes on us and so i finally had asked a Delta agent for help. And, uh, and she said, Oh, those never work for me. Just go on up to the counter. And so I was so frustrated at this, you know, it's six o'clock on Christmas morning. We're yeah. trying to do this. I grabbed my passport off the thing. I grabbed my boarding passes. I grabbed my luggage and I forgot to grab my credit card out of the bottom little slot. And so, so now my primary credit card is stuck in a kiosk back in Atlanta. We've just found out that we've, we've been exposed to COVID. And uh, it's funny, you know, as soon as we, we were feeling fine until that moment. And then I said to my wife, is your throat feeling sore? We're not making it up. I think it's because we got up at four o'clock that morning to fly yeah, out. But that, that'll do it, too. So we end up getting a motel uh, Well, we had a motel, but now we're not going to see our son. And so and we got to find a place to eat. And Christmas Day evening uh, 
even the even the you know just the normal drive-through restaurants are all closed. Finally found a McDonald's that was open. A lot of those were closed, and I first time I'd ever had a celebrated Christmas dinner with a Big Mac or a, a quarter pounder. I think I went for yeah, uh, but. And so our pl- our plans have changed, yeah. and uh, that's sort of a sad uh, vista, you know. Yeah. thinking about that, it's, and like, thinking all day. Well, at least we'll see our son and grandsons yeah. at the end of the day in Canada. Now we're in this motel, tiny little room that we we hadn't planned. We just planned to sleep in that room, not really spend much time yeah. there. But now we're we're camped there, and uh, and then the next day, I, so we have to put in five days of quarantine. So for five days, we're in Canada, in the very in the same you know area of the city that my son lives in but we can't see him or the kids uh and so very disappointing and then about a day later we get a call from your wife and your daughter three-year-old has just experienced a, a seizure herself and febrile seizure yeah. a febrile seizure out of a fever that went up and she's taken by ambulance and so we to a hospital and so within one week we've had two three-year-old grandchildren taken to the hospital in yeah. ambulances and fire am, or uh, helicopter ambulance. And so we're sitting in a motel room and it's just like, just, you don't almost don't want to answer the phone. It's like everything is bad. Yeah. And, uh, well, and there's, you know, and for you guys, there's, you know, you can't do anything. Yeah. Right? We, we like, can't see anybody. You, you, you know, you'd feel better if you could just be there and be with the grandkids so that, Mike could go do yeah, he just to, to do, do something useful, but to just have to sit there. Yeah, and so if some of you may know, there were some the World Junior Hockey Championships were on, and so I thought, okay, well, we'll just we'll just rest here in the hotel, try to make the best of it. We'll watch uh, World Hockey, and then it gets canceled because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, oh, man. like I'm going to read the Book of Job here. I think yeah. everything that we're hoping on is now being canceled and changed. And so uh, a lot of things happen with that. Uh, interestingly, uh, eventually our little three-year-old up in Vancouver is has gotten to the point where they they feel they can airlift him back to Victoria. And of course, we want to see that happen as soon as possible because if his mother ends up delivering a baby in Vancouver, then our son's going to have to get to Vancouver and 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 so uh, and the other thing that was interesting is that uh, because we had to quarantine for five days, uh, my sister-in-law Connie, who lives in Alberta, she volunteered to fly over to Victoria at her expense and to to kind of fill in for us for a couple of days yeah. while we made sure we didn't have COVID. So she does that. She flies over and she's watching the kids for about two days. And then she gets word back home that she was exposed to someone with COVID. Her kids, uh, a couple of her kids, uh, had had Christmas dinner with her and they've all gotten COVID. <clears throat> so she's been exposed to it. So now she has to quarantine and until she can test out. And so, you know, just over and over again, and, and we were thinking, and then so she had stayed at someone else's house in the church that, my, that goes to my son's church, and she was staying at their house, and then she finds out that the people in that house have just tested positive for COVID. <laughs> oh, wow. And so she doesn't want to infect my son either, and so, yeah. uh, but we all test out negative, and we're eventually able to yeah. help there, and and, uh, and then... Uh, my my grandson is is finally he's strong enough he's still in bad shape but they feel like they can send him back to Victoria, but the hot the helicopter that is supposed to bring them back is always tied up they have a 
they only have three in the entire province that do this, and they were all they lifting, going yeah. to other, you know, more uh, bigger crises, bigger emergencies. And so several times, they for three days, they said to my daughter-in-law, I think we can get you over there today. And then they would get whisked off somewhere else. And so finally, interestingly, a guy uh, had was going to do it on, on uh, December 30th, and then he got pulled away somewhere. So on December 31st, he's not even supposed to work that evening. but uh, And he actually has plans to go out somewhere to party with his girlfriend. And then he has a terrible fight with his girlfriend. And the, and the girlfriend basically says, I don't want to spend New Year's Eve with you now. <laughs> and so suddenly he's free. And so he actually calls the hospital and says, I've had a change of plans. Do you still have that three-year-old there in intensive care that you need to get back over to Victoria? I might as well do something useful instead of sitting at home feeling sorry for myself. So because of a fight... Uh, between a, a boyfriend girlfriend wow. uh, my daughter-in-law and and grandson are brought back to victoria they get in around 10 o'clock mike races back to the hospital just as the helicopter is landing and is there to kind of see them in their room mike gets back home around midnight on new year's eve and at five o'clock the next morning, he gets a message from his wife saying, I think I'm going into labor. You need to get to the hospital as soon as possible. And so he calls us at six, wakes us up uh, New Year's Day and says, you need to get over here as quick as you can um, to help with the kids. And I'm headed to the hospital. And so he barely gets there in time and his, and his wife gives birth and uh, just like that. I mean, so if he had, if she had not been brought back the night before, yeah. uh, all of that would have happened in Vancouver. They would have been stranded there for several days. And so that was all good. And so we're supposed to come home on the 6th of January and we're all set to do that. And then uh, the evening before we get noticed, there's been a big snowstorm in Victoria and our flights are canceled. And, um, of course, that's very, and, and the thing, the, the way it works is that when you travel into the States, you have to get a COVID test um, t within the, the day before you leave to, to go into the States. And yeah. so we've already had that test and spent about $200. And now that test is going to be worthless because it will not be the day before we come in. So now we're going to have to get another set of tests. And we had scheduled those first tests long before we even got to Canada. So we right. had gotten a decent rate and a decent place. Now we've got to just scramble to get it anywhere we can. And, uh, and so I, but, but now because I have to go the next day, I'm supposed to speak in, in Tampa, Florida. So I've got to figure out how to get home to Atlanta, drop my wife off at that airport. And then for me to keep flying to Tampa and speak at a conference the next day, yeah. So I get all that worked out, and then that flight gets canceled, and now we got to get more COVID tests, and we've got now I, I'm going to miss the conference, so I've got to just figure that out, and so just event after event after event took place, that just you know you every day it was like okay now I got to extend my motel another night, I've got to get new COVID tests, I got to work out my travel arrangements, and so I even when I get to the airport and the flight's going. Because it's been changed, uh, now this partner with, with Delta Airlines, they can't print my boarding pass. They've got to call uh, Delta. And that can take over an hour at that point because there's so many canceled flights. And right. so we have to stand at the check-in desk while they wait to get hold of a Delta representative. 
we finally get our, our, our boarding passes printed off. We race to the gate and we realize the seats that we had booked the day before are totally changed. They've got me sitting in middle seats for four and a half hour flights. <laughs> and uh, Which you love. Yeah, I mean, that's that was just your nothing, nothing gives me joy like a middle, middle seat in economy for... Uh, and so, you know, I, when, when you get through all that, it's like, Lord, like, why would all of this happen? I mean, it's supposed to be a joyful thing to yeah. go and see a child born. And, um, and I must say that granddaughter, when she was born, was, is a beautiful little baby. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, so what do you do with all that? Yeah. You know, like, it's so just think, like a saga. Yeah, it is. It is very much a saga. <laughs> and we were uh, following it minute by minute uh, here stateside. Um, but I think, so let's, we'll pause here. So, you know, you've got the saga. That's, you know, yeah, let me get, that's let the me layout. get my Kleenex out here. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll find my violin here somewhere. <laughs> and uh, so let's, we'll take a quick break here and then. We'll kind of unpack what you're processing as a result of, of this giant saga. Sounds good. All right. If you've ever wanted to learn how to ask better questions to help move people onto God's agenda, then we have two spiritual leadership coaching workshops coming up uh, that can help you do that. One of them is going to be online only, and that's February 28th to March 2nd. And it's going to meet online from 10 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time uh, each day. And uh, there'll be dynamic breakout rooms uh, in Zoom for that. And there'll be an in-person coaching workshop uh, that's going to meet uh, on the south side of Atlanta from May 2nd to May 4th. And uh, both of these will be training people to ask better questions to help move people onto God's agenda. So even if you don't think you're a coach... Uh, But if you deal with people, these workshops can be very beneficial to help you become a better listener and a better communicator and help move people to where God wants them to be. We'll leave links to both of these workshops uh, in the show notes, and you can find out more um, at blackbeecoaching.org. And at checkout, you can use code EARLYBIRD, that's all one word, no space, at checkout for a little early bird discount uh, in your registration. So we hope to see you at one of these two spiritual leadership coaching workshops. So Richard, I certainly don't envy the uh, experience necessarily that you went through. And I'm hoping you don't have a similar experience here in the next week. Right. Well, yes, certainly. I hope there's no airlifting involved and and (laughs) I hope it's a a much calmer and much more straightforward labor and delivery. First delivery. Yeah, that was that was much longer and more strenuous than we hoped. But we're hoping this one is much more straightforward. But so you've, you've just, you know, you're on the heels of this really just intense couple of weeks yeah. Um, away from home, tr- doing your best to be support to your family, to your son and to his family. Um, and it seems that just turn after turn, you know, there's roadblocks, there's changes, like everything seems out of control. Um, there, I mean, it ultimately resolves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, good enough and, 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 and a good result. Um, but maybe you're a, a few days removed from this now. Um, what are some of the perhaps leadership lessons? And yeah. and I imagine that people listening, they have had similar experiences. Yeah. Like that's not especially the COVID part. 
Yeah, and especially with COVID, that just is another layer of complication on top of an already complicated situation. And so I I think a lot of people can relate to these types of experiences. And so maybe just share some of the... some of the lessons maybe and and the principles that you've been kind of mulling over and learning as a result of this you know there's a verse i think we've touched on before but i think it applies here first corinthians 16 verse 9 paul says because a wide door for effective ministry has opened for me yet many oppose me Hmm. and in that one verse you've got a wide door of opportunities and also many uh, people in opposition. Lots you've of got opposition. lots of negative and you've got some positive. And, uh, and that just seems to be a, a natural part of ministry, of leadership. Paul certainly faced that. Paul was not oblivious to the negative, but he tended to try to focus on the positive, what God was doing, not what his enemies were doing. And I realized that throughout that whole process, uh, that that was also the case with us. We, it, it's, it would have been so easy to feel sorry for ourselves. Have, you know, you race all the way to Canada. We, we left five days early. <clears throat> then we're yeah. told we have to quarantine for five days. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, it's like you could have just, you know, stuck to your original plan yeah. had you known. But, you know, the interesting thing is, number one, we, we, we still managed to end up seeing the grandkids about two days sooner than we would have. Yeah. But also, it, it dawned on us. So at first, we're saying, why did we race up here? We could be just stayed home five days and just come when we planned originally. And then, you know, we wouldn't have been paying five days in a motel. and We could have been home in our own bed. And, but then it dawns on us, my, my son and daughter-in-law that came down with COVID live right across the street from us. And, they're, and they think they probably got it from their two kids. And those two kids are around us all the time. If we had stayed home those five days, we probably would have caught COVID. Yeah. And then we couldn't we would have had to cancel the entire trip. Mm. And so by going five days early, we got out of there. And just like my sister in law, she came on over to help us. If she'd stayed home, she she both of her kids and all their families came down with COVID. Yeah. So you know, and then you just look at certain things and you realize, well, yeah, but there's actually a positive side there too. And because, and it's, it's pretty tiring when we do help our son, he's got four kids now. Yeah. Um, and we love those kids, but you know, it takes a lot of work to grandparent four kids. Um, and God actually gave us a couple of days just to basically rest and, yeah. and recuperate. There's a three hour time change there. And, and uh, and so we were much fresher when we finally were able to hit the ground and, and start yeah. helping. And so, you know, and then even when our flights were delayed afterward, we uh, uh, I, I was eight because the day I was supposed to come home was the day that our grandson came home from intensive care. Yeah. And so because we didn't leave that day, I was able to drive to the hospital and carry my grandson back into his own house and yeah. hand him back to his mother who wept with joy at seeing her son coming back home. Mm. And there were just some special moments that we got to have because of that, that we wouldn't have had if our plans had worked out the way we thought they would. And, you know, it's a hard thing sometimes, especially if you're a planner and an organizer to, you, you make your plans and you, you try to work everything out the best way you can. And then the fact is that in the world in which we live now, especially, Uh, there's just a new normal and that new normal is what you plan may well not work out, uh, that, that circumstances will change. And, um, and there, we live in a COVID world, especially right now where so many people are infected Mm -hmm. and, 
you're almost every time you go outside you're 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 almost bound to be exposed to someone who doesn't know yet that they have covid and cancellations are going to become just an increasingly uh significant reality that uh you know in in class school may be canceled here and there uh church meetings may be canceled sporting events could be canceled if you get just totally in disarray every time something you were hoping for gets canceled you're gonna you're gonna have a real miserable uh life for the next year or two and also unexpected expenses you know we spent hundreds of dollars on covid tests uh just uh to, to be able to go be with our family uh when we went to Canada back in September, we spent $800 just on COVID tests. Um, and, you know, you, you, that can drive you crazy if you want to think hard about that. If you really just feel that you just have to live your life on schedule, schedules are going to change. And so, yeah. you know, just a couple of things I would say is what I'm learning is, and I was as I was trying to cope with that, um, I just felt like, okay, I, I can get really uptight about this or I can just kind of just go with the flow and just say, yeah. in this moment, how do I need to live and lead? How, how do I make a difference now? And I know at one point uh, when my granddaughter was born in the hospital, my son, Mike, went to be with his wife and granddaughter during the day and he'd come back to his other son in the hospital at night and spend the night with him. But during the day, my wife and I took turns just spending the day in intensive care with our three-year-old grandson. And my wife took the first shift and the first day or so, and it really was hard. I mean, he's literally, they had put him on morphine just to keep him still. Like with all those tubes in his throat, uh, he would have panicked. He just, a three-year-old just couldn't cope. They had to just yeah, basically yeah. sedate him, have him sleep for two weeks. And so now he's having to be weaned from morphine of all things. I've got a three-year-old drug addict for a grandson yeah. and <laughs> I've, you've never seen anything so pitiful as a three-year-old going through withdrawal. Uh, but he was in intensive care. They're mm. weaning him off his drugs. And so it just broke uh, my wife's heart to see that. And yeah. he's all wobbly and shaky and emotional and confused and and so I ended up spending a couple of days there and, you know, I, I never liked to waste time. So I thought, well, he's, he's probably going to sleep a lot. I'll just bring my computer bag up and I've got books and I've got to, to read. I've got books to write. I've got emails to answer yeah. for two days, uh, two and a half days. I never even opened my computer bag. He, he never slept the whole time I was there. <laughs> we wrestled, we watched TV. I pushed him down the hallway once he got off his IV and little, mm little car and um and you know I, what, what i guess one thing i learned from that was you know what just always keep your eye on what matters and mm -hmm. what doesn't matter and i sat there watching all kinds of cartoons with my grandson holding him beside me and uh i tickled him we played together and god just said and i and i've got this big meeting i'm supposed to do in florida that's getting canceled and i'm getting all you know frustrated about that and God just said, look, just love on your three-year-old grandson. And right now, that's yeah. just the most important thing you can do. And and it felt so fulfilling for me. I just felt like, you know, I, I could be in front of an audience here today. But it's it's just more fulfilling, I think, just to watch cartoons with my three-year-old grandson. And I just need to just embrace that and just yeah. enjoy that and know that that's important. And, you know, so a couple other things to say. One is just 
in the moment, just ask God to help you know what matters here. Does it really matter that I made that meeting? Does it really matter that I had to pay uh, this extra expense or that this schedule got changed? A second thing is just adaptability. And, and leaders have always known this. They had to be adaptable. But I think more than ever in this world, uh, 10 years ago, you had to be adaptable too. But I, I don't know, maybe to the degree that you have to right now. Yeah, it seems like it's a lot more now. <laughs> yeah. And so just, you know, be just if you if you can't be adaptable, I just don't know how you can lead in this yeah. world right now. And you you have to look hard and long to find a leadership role that does not require that right now. You're right. every everyone's having to adapt. Um, a third thing is creativity. Just um, you you've, you're you're going to have to be creative because things that you have done in the past just may not be relevant now. They just might not work. And yeah. you're gonna you may have to deliver things in ways you didn't before. This uh, this meeting in, in Tampa I was supposed to do, we I ended up videotaping an hour-long presentation that was uh, sent there. They, they showed it on a big screen mm-hmm. in my time slot. And, um, you know, fortunately, I heard some great things about that. And we had to adapt. We had to, my son had gotten some new lighting uh, for his live stream. And he, he did a bunch of stuff with sound. And it, I don't know that it's as good as me being there in person, but... Um, but we got great reviews back and, uh, you know, we wouldn't have it, a little while ago, we probably would never have even thought of that. You know, yeah, if you, you couldn't be there personally to speak, then it just, you, you just apologize and said, sorry, you know, hey, but what, instead what we kind of, we pivoted, we adapted, we, we got creative with a different way of delivering the message and, yeah. and people were blessed. I've been here receiving messages back already from people that were there about how meaningful it was. And, uh, and, and maybe, the last one is just you, you're just going to have to have resilience. Uh, yeah. When something doesn't work, don't just quit and go home. Uh, hang in there. Just stay with it till you find a way to make things work. And it may be more expensive. It might stretch you in ways you hadn't counted on. Um, but y- people are going to need leaders to be resilient. Uh, I've known some folks who have quit their leadership role because they just got tired of what you had to do to do in a COVID world. I've known some pastors who quit because it was, they just got tired of all the complaining and second guessing and so on. Some people just couldn't bring themselves to preach in front of a camera all the time. They, mm-hmm. they if they couldn't do it the way they always did. Um, I know people that teaching just couldn't, couldn't adapt to teaching online when they always did in person. You're going to have to be resilient. And part of that is going to have the way you'll do it. In part is you're going to have to keep your sense of humor. Uh, just find a way to, to keep laughing and just, we we got to the point with us where, where it was just, you just had to laugh. It was just like, every time you think, okay, we got it all worked out here. You know, like we were thinking, okay, well, we've got my sister-in-law here to cover for us. Now now we're good while we get over COVID. And then we find out she was exposed even more recently than we were to COVID. (laughs) And, um, and you almost have to laugh and just say, okay, n- none of us thinks it's funny that we're gonna have to spend hundreds of more dollars getting tests and, and so on, but, but you either laugh or you cry. Yeah. And you couldn't come up with a scenario like, who no, yeah. Thought? If I just, you know, if I just kind of wrote a fiction story, uh, people would say, look, you're going beyond the realm of, of believability yeah. here to have that many problems in a row. But so you, you, you laugh and you realize we're making memories. And of course, like we always like to say, when you're a public speaker like me, there's never a bad experience. There's just a fresh illustration. Yeah. And so I came back with fresh illustrations. But, yeah. you know, that's our world. Um, and we, we don't get to choose the world that we lead in. 
we take the world that we're given, and then yeah. as leaders, we make the best of it. Yeah. And so there's going to be surprises, curves in the road we hadn't seen, disappointments, change schedules, cancellations. You do the best you can. You prepare. You you try to schedule but then you hold on to your schedule loosely so that if it gets changed, you can go with the change yeah. and you can adapt. And hopefully things will become a little more stable in time, but uh, there's no promises. We're, we, you don't sort of put your leadership on hold for a year or two until the world gets back to what you like. Yeah. You lead with the world you're given yeah. and people need you to lead now and lead well and so that's going to take creativity, adaptability, resilience, and um, and just a, a recognition in any moment of what really matters right now. Yeah. And if you can do that, you may find yourself, as frustrating as it is, that these days you do some of the best leading that you'll ever do in your life. Yeah. And it'll be these times that people will look back on later and be so grateful that you were the one that was leading them. Yeah, well, uh, certainly a crazy start for you um, for 2022. But uh, I, I just have a feeling that this is going to be uh, a fantastic year. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't had a curveball uh, yet this far into 2022, <laughs> then just uh, hold on. Yeah, I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> and uh, we trust that you will handle it with grace. And uh, until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.